offers, from man's institutions to God's instructions. If the creator of all things decided to say something to thousands of people, would you think it would be important? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And yes, I would. The Creator's words are more important than anything else going on, and His words have eternal significance. Amen, Mama. His words are eternal. They were here long before any of us got here, and no person can erase them. To our listeners, you can email us at redpiltora at gmail.com, follow us on redpiltora.podbean.com, find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Google Play. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And shalom to our new listeners in New Jersey and Israel. Yes, the state of Israel. Amen. That's a blessing. Well, we did not post a podcast last week. Lately, it seems like we've had several unusual challenges in a short period of time, ranging from sudden illness to business challenges, equipment failure, and other experiences. This month has been special. What makes it most special, though, is that our Lord has given us victory over every challenge, and we're still here. Amen, Daddy. We also had the pleasure of going to the movies last week. We saw the latest Patterns of Evidence movie called The Red Sea Miracle by Tim Mahoney. His movies are archaeological investigations of some of the miraculous events documented in the Bible. He has, thus far found evidence that confirms the events documented in the Bible actually happened. I really recommend it. Yeah, me too. You know, there's a lot to like about Tim Mahoney's work. Besides having a good name, I like the fact that he uses the um, work of scholars and archaeologists to support the truth of Elohim's word. He also talks to scholars who are not as supportive, bringing multiple perspectives to the table. This may seem risky. There are some really big brains out there who have very credible-sounding opinions about the very existence of the Creator. Psalms 14 and 1 says, The fool says in his heart, There is no Elohim. So much for the big brain that denies the existence of the Creator. I also like that Tim Mahoney calls his company Thinking Man Films. We don't have to leave our brains at home when we go to services. The Father has enough truth to feed our spirits and keep our minds engaged for much longer than a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And it can be very insulting when non-believers infer that believing in Jehovah or Yeshua is a crutch for the Mm weak-minded. It makes me angry to hear them say that, but fortunately for them, the Father instructs us in His Word to be angry but sin not. Yay for the Word! Amen. I know how you feel, miss. The scholars and seminary professors who identify themselves as believers while undercutting the biblical record are especially irritating to me, too. We really have to be careful about assigning credibility to people based on their academic credentials only. Agreed, Daddy. But let's switch gears to today's topic. This is something that many people have gone to court over, trying to have it removed from schools, public places, and courthouses. Oddly enough, it was given to teach us how to treat one another. If you're guessing the Ten Commandments, you are correct. Yep. So in services two Shabbats ago, we read the Ten Commandments. 
it's customary to stand when they're read, and the impact of the Father's words is so profound. Mm -hmm. Since we began seeking to understand the Hebrew roots of our faith, the Father has opened our eyes so much about these scriptures in particular. I know, and it's really exciting. We had planned to talk about the Ten Commandments for a while now, so I hope our listeners are ready to roll with us. Churches know these scriptures as the Ten Commandments. In Jewish culture, they're known as the Ten Utterances, or the Ten Words. Uh, the scripture is first found in Exodus 20, and they were given by Jehovah to the children of Israel after he delivered them from slavery in Egypt. They can also be found in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 6 through 21. In these scriptures, instead of using the word commandments, they are described as Jehovah's Devar. Devar is the Hebrew word for word. It can be translated as sayings, utterance, or commandment. But there are more things that make these words of our Elohim so special. It's so true. You know, from our podcast number 23 through podcast 26, we talked about the covenants of Elohim. Over that series, we identified the, the only one of the covenants that is a two-sided and conditional covenant. As a review, that means that both parties to the covenant or agreement have to do something. The conditional classification means that Elohim only has to do his part if Israel, the other party to the covenant, does their part. The ten words are part of that two-sided conditional covenant. Mm -hmm. Now, based on what we learned, they are also part of the new covenant, written in the books of Yermiyahu or Jeremiah, and Hebrews. If you missed any of these podcasts between 23 and 26, please consider listening to them in succession. T together, they give you a lot to think about regarding the covenants in the Bible. Another interesting point about the Ten Words is the amount of time it took to get to the mountain our Elohim instructed the Israelites to go to. According to Scripture, it took 50 days from the first Passover Passover to the making of the covenant at Mount Sinai. Let's trace the journey and the time it took according to scripture. Exodus 12 verse 2 identifies this month as the first months of the Hebrew people's calendar. Verse 2 also tells Israel to select a lamb for Passover. This occurs on the 10th day of the first month. Exodus 12 Verse 6 says, And you will keep the lamb until the 14th day of the same month. They were given instructions to kill the Passover lamb on the evening of the 14th day, to put its blood on the posts of their doors, and to roast its meat. We'll start counting from the 15th day of the first month, the day after Passover. Exodus chapter 12 verse 29 says that at midnight Elohim struck the firstborn of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh to the firstborn of slaves in the dungeon, and even the firstborn of Egypt's cattle. This is the day when Israel left Egypt. Our next time marker is in Exodus 16, verse 1. It tells us where they were on the 15th day of the second month. With that, we have 30 or 31 days accounted for. We don't know if the first month had 30 or 31 days uh, when this happened, our next time marker 
comes in Exodus chapter 19, verse 1. It reads, In the third month, when Israel had left Egypt, the same day, or the first day of that month, they came into the wilderness of Sinai. That adds another 15 or 16 days to the Bible's timeline of Israel's journey. So altogether, that gives us 46 to 47 days from their departure. Exodus 19 and 10, uh, going to verse, uh, uh, verse 11 as well, is where Elohim tells the people of Israel to consecrate themselves, getting ready to meet him in three days. So if we add the three days to the 46 to 47 days we've tracked so far, we get 49 to 50 days. While the exact count depends on the number of days in each month, based on the scripture, we can be sure that the count of days equaled 50 days. So, Miss, why is the number of days so important? Well, Dan, on the 50th day, Jehovah gave the 10 words to the children of Israel. He said it with his own voice. To commemorate that day, Leviticus 23, verse 16, tells the covenant people, On the day after the Sabbath, the people will sacrifice their gifts to Elohim. After this, they must count the days for seven weeks. On the 50th day, the appointed time, known as Shavuot, occurs. It is known to many believers as Pentecost Sunday. The Hebrew people know that this is the day we celebrate, it, we celebrate the giving of the Ten Words. Most believers know it is the day that the Holy Spirit was given. Mm-hmm. Unlike the Ten Words, which were written on stone, the Holy Spirit came to write the Word of Jehovah on believers' hearts, as promised in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, which reads, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. There are a lot of similarities between the giving of the first 10 words and the giving of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Both were given on the same day, Shavuot. Both involved wind and fire or something that looked like fire. Both involved Elohim's word being given. Amen. These are all really great points to study, Mama. You know, something else occurs to me. We can be sure about when Yeshua ascended into heaven after his resurrection because the Jewish people were counting the days until Shavuot. Acts chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that Yeshua was seen by many witnesses for 40 days after his resurrection. Recall that Yeshua was crucified during the Passover season, and he rose during first fruits. It is wonderful to see how the scriptures fit together so perfectly. Mm-hmm. The structure of the ten words is also noteworthy. The first four or five words or utterances are about our relations with the Father. The last five or six utterances are about our relations to other people. Remember Matthew 22? Verses 36 through 40, when Yeshua was asked about the greatest commandment, Mm -hmm. his answer was that we should love, or Ahava, our Elohim, with all our hearts, souls, and minds. Yeshua identified the second greatest commandment. It is to love our neighbor as ourselves. 
and that can be found in Leviticus 19 and 18. You know, I used to think that was only in the New Testament. Yeah, me too. Anyway, um, he said that all the law and the prophets hang on these commandments. It's really interesting to note that the ten words follow the same structure that Yeshua gave in his answer about the greatest commandment. The ten words are awesome. I can't begin to imagine why people would be offended at these wonderful words being displayed in public. Exactly. Our Creator could have said anything, but He chose to say these ten things. That being the case, if He thought they were important enough to express, should we not consider them important enough to obey and teach to others? I have heard some say that it's too hard for us, or that Jesus did it for us so we don't have to do it, or they just simply want to cherry pick the ones they want to do. All of these excuses are terrible. Yeshua said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, that he did not come to destroy the law or the prophets, but to fill it to full meaning. Moses, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11, tells the children of Israel, For this commandment which I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions. Would you take the blue pill and convince yourself that his instructions are too hard for you? Or would you take the red pill, repent, and allow the Holy Spirit to write Jehovah's words on your heart? Only you can answer that question. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. And we'll talk more about the 10 words in our next podcast. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth. truth.